0: Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier
1: 1090 ESPN Radio. Aloha on a beautiful Tuesday and welcome to the Arash Show on the Mighty Air 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I am joined as always by G. Hey Wiley, Armani, Buckets and Brandon Deutsch. How are we doing on this glorious Tuesday?
2: I'm still reveling in... That Rangers win, so I'm epic You're right so- now. Oh, heck yeah! There you go. I mean, it's, it may only be Tuesday, but I'm I'm super psyched. I can't wait. So nice. I'm I'm looking forward to them. Just even making it to the second round is a blessing. <laughs> so I'm I'm on cloud nine.
3: Yesterday was an odd day because it it gave you a preview of what's to come. No hockey. No basketball. It was only baseball. Uh, Not to say that that's a bad thing, but get ready because it's it's almost upon us. That time of the year is (laughs) almost upon us.
2: It's a coming.
4: Yep. I'm doing well. Uh, Can't wait for the draft lottery actually tonight. I know there's a playoff game. That's obviously more important to people, but it's going to be interesting to see who gets the top pick even in a very weak draft like this one.
1: Yeah. Uh, By the way... B- buckets. It is bad. If you do a daily sports talk show to not have games, <laughs> yeah. it does stink.
4: But we do have games.
1: We do have games. So that's a good thing. Let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Million Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircaSports.com for details. Hit it, G <laughs>
2: The Eastern Conference Finals begin tonight, guys, with the Boston Celtics taking on the Miami Heat. Circus Sports has the Celtics as the favorites, as they should, in the series at um, 175. Who do you have tonight and um, uh, in this series?
1: Listen, I got the Miami Heat tonight. I'm not just saying that because I'm a Celtics hater, and I am a Celtics hater. If you're a Lakers fan, you cannot be rooting for... The Boston Celtics, and by the, the way, the Miami Heat have a little bit of Lakers blood. They're still run by Pat Riley. If you watched Winning Time, you know you saw the the uh, you know how big Pat Riley was to the Showtime Lakers. So listen, I am picking the Miami Heat tonight. I do think this will be a good series. I think it'll be a lot closer than people are uh, saying. I do think the Celtics go to the finals, which means I'm gonna have to sweat out this NBA Finals. No matter who's in it, I cannot have. The Celtics have one more title than the Lakers, and they had that for quite some time. So even though the Lakers won it in the bubble, they're tied. 17 titles for the Lakers, 17 for the Boston Celtics. Yeah,
4: and I think the Lakers deserve that karma considering <laughs> the way they've operated as an organization yep. in the past couple of years. Maybe that'll light a fire under LeBron. Might yeah. happen for the best reason. Yeah. Uh, if the Celtics win the championship, now they're ahead all of a sudden the Lakers are going to be like, oh, oh my god. I gosh. like what
1: you're saying, Brandon. So maybe if the Celtics win, that'll fire up the Lakers too. Yeah, all I mean right. LeBron's
4: usually fired up, but maybe the rest I'm of gonna the team. I'm going to use that
1: as a silver lining if the worst happens and the Celtics win. Up until that moment, I will not think of that, but Brandon, I, wa- I, I, I will adopt that mindset. If the Celtics win. I will say this is the fuel 100%. for the fire that the Lakers 100%.
4: <laughs> I do think Boston wins tonight. They've yeah. got the momentum going into this game. The Heat will come back and win game 2, but I feel like this is going to be a 1-1 series going into Boston. Yeah. I like that
3: call. Uh 1-1 going back to Boston. Regardless of who wins tonight, I still like the Celtics in this series. The concerning thing is Marcus Smart's injury. But I mean, I think the Celtics are more being, I don't want to say they're faking it because I'm sure he is injured, but I think they're being more coy than anything and trying to keep their their chips close to their chest. I don't think that the injury is going to stop him from being that Defensive Player of the Year candidate. And they're going to need him because Jimmy Butler's averaging like 28, 29 points a yeah. game. And I'm assuming that Marcus and Jalen Brown are probably going to be guarding Jimmy.
2: Yeah, no. I mean, I know nobody likes to hear this, but I'm going with the consensus of the group. I mean, Celtics all day because yeah. first of all, I need to make that money that twenty to one odds for <laughs> that the is, Celtics yeah, right. to win the East. Um, but they also are getting points tonight. That's right. Uh, Boston's getting points. Um, they got two. Yeah. A uh, uh, line open up at two. Some some books have it at two and a half. But um, yeah, I just I don't know if Marcus is still playing even even with that with that injury. Um, even if he's playing, that that defense is killer. Yeah. I, I just I don't even even with the numbers uh, for Miami, I know that they're high up there on the defensive end as well. Um, I feel like they need more. Miami needs more offensive production than Boston does. Um, just Boston just has that automatically in their arsenal. So yeah. I I'm I'm going with taking boston to cover tonight and i'm gonna take them for the w as well i don't think that's going out on a limb um well there's been a lot of talk lately guys about the bubble with the celtics and the heat back in the conference finals after failing to make it past the first round last year patrick beverly talking 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 he took a jab at the lakers championship in 2020 by saying it was a bubble title do you guys agree with him
1: no listen Patrick Beverly, like everyone's got to like calm down with all these, uh, you know, oh, Patrick Beverly is the uh, next uh, superstar in sports media. This guy's never won a thing. For him to put that disrespect on Chris Paul's name is ridiculous. I'm not saying Chris Paul is the greatest player of all time, but he is the point guy to my view. He's one of the greatest point guards of all time. And so listen, does he have a championship to his name? No. Look at what Chris Paul's done. First ballot Hall of Famer. If you want to list the top five point guards of all time, you don't know a thing about Basketball, if Chris Paul's not on that list with what he's done in his career.
2: To that effect, what yes. about Charles Barkley? Because Charles Barkley's never Charles, won the Charles Barkley, and-
1: I'm not going to disrespect Charles Barkley. I will put him in that Chris Paul class of being a transcendent player, first ballot Hall of Famer. You want to list the top five power forwards? I don't, I, 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 perhaps Charles is on that list. Well, what I don't want to have is a scrub, and I'll call him a scrub right now. Why the heck not? He called Chris Paul a cone. I'll call him a scrub. I'm not going to have a scrub, uh, you know, not put some respect on Charles Barkley's name. I'm not going to have a scrub, not put some respect on Chris Paul's name. And I'm also not going to have someone who's never won a championship disrespect the Lakers championship. Because The fact of the matter is they played 72 regular season games. It's pretty good. We've had a 50-game regular season. We've had a 60-game regular season. Last year, we had a 72-game regular season. So, listen, that's happened before. Not only that... The Lakers would have had the number one seed in the West, and they would have had home court advantage. If you think playing in Orlando, playing in Florida, thousands of miles away from Los Angeles helped the Lakers, I don't know what to tell you. It didn't. It was a neutral field, neutral court. The Lakers won, and I'm sorry, Patrick Beverly, that you and the Clippers blew a 3-1 lead. That's on you. That's a long-winded way of me saying the Lakers deserve that championship. And by the way, it's not just Patrick Beverly. Laker fans who are forgetting about this are ridiculous. Yes, they traded Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart, Lonzo Ballin. But you know what they won? They won a damn title. I promise you if they had kept those guys, they would have been a good team. They may have been a playoff team. They definitely would not have won a championship. That bubble year, first round of the playoffs, they play
3: Portland. The... The trendy pick was to pick the upset pick the blazers after the lakers beat them it was oh they're gonna lose to houston the trendy pick was to pick houston they beat houston then it was denver again same thing until the finals and then after they won it then everybody wanted to say no you know what it doesn't even count it's like you pick them to lose every step of the way for the majority of the people that were Lakers haters, they were picking against Lakers, including myself, by the way. That's about, yeah. And then they looked dominant throughout the entire postseason mm-hmm. in a condition that everybody was saying is the peak of basketball, the pinnacle of basketball. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, then people want to discredit them for winning it. They were yeah. dominant.
4: Yeah, the only people that I know personally that have... Not seen this as a true championship are Celtics fans. Yeah. They want to make some argument that there are no fans, but realistically, this is one of the toughest championships that's ever been 100%. won. Um, with all the rules and regulations and it's not like the baseball season where they played 60 games out of 162 they played 72 out of 82 so this is a legitimate season this was tough um, for all teams and that that's the same reason why going into the next season all those teams either lost in the first round or missed the playoffs because adam silver did not give these teams enough time to recover he wanted the tv deal he wanted the money he could have change the nba season a little bit later and he didn't he didn't do that only a couple months later and that's the root of the issue and going back to the patrick thing, i don't really i'm not that ticked off by the chris paul thing he has a right to his opinion even though i disagree but this the lakers bubble one that's a very bad take yeah
2: yeah no I'm, i'm gonna say this and we'll end we'll end this headline Winning any kind of championship is hard. Yeah. So don't sit there and disrespect that bubble championship. Don't respect, and disrespect any other kind of championship, any championship to win any title is hard. Mm. Especially something where like you're gone uh, from your family, from your friends, from your everything. And we talked about this when, oh, yeah. the, um, when this was all going down. It's like don't don't disrespect anybody that is trying to trying to vie for a title, and he's they just spent months 100 days 100 days like almost 100 days without their family yeah. without their friends without with, I don't want to say comforts of home because they were still comfortable but like no but the, it's hard but it's hard it's very very difficult so again winning any kind of championship is hard so put put respect on that um Pat it's the NBA draft lottery um Houston Orlando and Detroit have the best odds to get the first pick first of all do you like the concept of the draft lottery and who do you think is the number one pick in this year's NBA draft?
1: I love the draft lottery. I wish, listen, I think we have it in hockey. The NFL does not have it. I like the draft lottery. I, I think for for some teams it's unfortunate. Like if you're with the worst team in the league and, and you don't get the number one pick, um, you know, it's unfortunate. But it gives me something to watch. It gives me something to be excited about. Not so much because the Lakers are not uh, you know, they're not vying for the uh, you know, top pick and I can't believe that the Lakers are even would be in that conversation (laughs) but of course they traded it to uh, the uh, Pelicans but listen I am truthfully going to punt on the uh, mock draft because you guys know a lot more about this than I do but I do love the lottery
4: yeah I I think the lottery the way it's constructed right now is good Um, however this year I don't think it really matters who gets the top pick because I I personally think Jay Nivey could become the best player in this draft he's projected to go fourth so Oklahoma City has no, Oklahoma City's eyeing Jaden Ivier, eyeing and Nikola Jovic, who are two of the best players in this draft that are people are sleeping on. They have the ability to be superstars in the league, right? Yeah. They could get the, those guys at four, at five, at six. I mean, maybe not Ivy, but definitely Nikola Jovic. And they had a surprise selection with Josh Giddy last year, who everyone was saying, why are they drafting this white dude from Australia? <laughs> like, he, he's not good. Like, oh yeah, really? Sam is playing chess. Everyone else is playing checkers. He knows what he's doing. So a team that really needs the number one pick is a team like the Indiana Pacers that are trying to accelerate a rebuild uh, around Tyrese Halliburton. They're going to get rid of all the bad contracts tracks. And for them to have the option to select a Chet Holmgren to pair with Jalen Smith down low or a, you know, even a Jabari Smith, although I'm not as high on Jabari Smith or Paolo as other people, or even a Jade Ivey in that backcourt with Tyrese Halliburton would be lethal. Yeah. So I think a team like that needs a number one pick. Detroit and Houston, I don't think they need it. Cade Cunningham is a generational talent, in my opinion, and he'll continue to show that next year. Uh, Houston Rockets have Jalen Green. He'll improve uh, offensively at least and they've got a good young core both those teams i don't think anybody except the pacers needs the number one pick considering there'll be so much talent at four this year if ivy truly falls to that and jovic falls to that i
3: love the lottery process and the fact that they changed it a couple years ago to make it more evenly distributed to um, dissuade tanking i think it was really good for the game i agree with you brandon i think jaden ivy should be the number one prospect on the board Considering the fact that this is becoming a guard-driven league and it's about wings and switchable defense and all sorts of things like that, I think Ivy is the best prospect. And not to mention, we live in an instant gratification culture and Chet Holmgren is not going to be instantly ready to play basketball at a high level. And I wonder how that's going to affect his psyche because I'm not discrediting Chet and saying that he can't be a great player in the league, but I do think it's going to take him a few years to develop and I know that fans are going to be ruthless as he goes through that development process. I wonder how he handles that.
2: I mean, he's he's also been really, really good as far as like media is concerned and stuff like that. He, he's a technically he's a vet, right? Because what, what what is this? His junior year? No, at Purdue, uh, Jaden J nine. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Junior he, year, right? Yeah,
4: I think is his sophomore, sophomore year. year. Okay. Yeah, similar I to mean, the John Morant situation. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He,
2: either way, like he's you know he's still he has been prepped. Um, Versus like some of these guys, this is going to be their first year really like being looked at as a professional. And he's already kind I think that he's already in that mind frame and that mindset of being um, of going of going pro and being in the professional mindset. So I've been high on Ivy for ever, like all season long, all year long. I've been high on Ivy. I know that um, Armand and I have talked about him off uh, off air and how much I'm like obsessed with this kid so like I, I can't wait to see him go um, and definitely a top five pick 100% I think so, some other people they'll remain nameless because I'm wearing this new hoodie um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that should not be going in the top five but you know what God bless them they're they're going to they're going to be great either way I think in the NBA well, guys, the Western Conference Finals begins tomorrow between the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavs. Circus Sports has the Golden State Warriors as heavy favorites, as they should. But Dallas went three and one against them um, during the regular season. Who do you like in this series?
1: I like the Warriors uh, tomorrow night, and I like the Warriors to win the series. Listen, they were three and one during the course of the season because the Warriors were not themselves. The Warriors are healthy. The Warriors have hit their stride. Um, listen, they're 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 not the 2019 warriors when clay was kind of at his peak but they are very good. I like the warriors to win the entire thing. But Luka Doncic is very excited to see him in this big stage Western Conference Finals and we talked about this. I mean game game 7 that that was his time to shine and it was and I think that will enable them to perhaps make this a very good series, that confidence that they got, but I still like the Warriors.
4: I don't think the Warriors should be heavy favorites in this okay. series, considering the way they played against Memphis. They realistically should have lost that series if John Morant was available at the end of games. A couple, The offense was stagnant. They did not make shots. They're so live by the sword, die by the sword. Like I said yesterday, Dallas rotates on defense. They have elite defenders. They have so many guys who can step up. If if Spencer Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson play the way I think they can, mm-hmm. along with Luka Doncic, obviously averaging, averaging 40 points per game, this is going to be about who makes the shots down the stretch. And I trust Luka Doncic more than Stephen Curry to make these big time shots. I think the Mavericks will win a six and seven game. Dude, that's wow. bold. That's
1: awesome. I don't that's think it's bold. bold.
4: The advanced you statistics. You should Vegas with you. I don't think <laughs> the, that that's bold at all.
2: Steph Curry versus Luka? Come on, man.
4: Luka's a better player right now. And he will be yeah. for the next 10 years. I'm <laughs> no, sorry. I,
2: I'm not saying that Luka's not going to be a great player down the, down the road and that he's not a great player right now. Now, mm-hmm. But Steph has showed you that he has been great. What has he
4: done in big games?
2: I mean he's he's showed you consistency as opposed and he has won titles as opposed He has, to- but he
4: wasn't finals MVP. I don't want to get into an argument here but I don't trust Steph in big games argument. yeah, yeah but good, he has, huh?
2: But Luca hasn't won a finals MVP either yeah so. but he's, 20, he's
4: 23 <laughs> Tatum hasn't won a finals MVP Ja hasn't won a finals Steph Curry's 34 years old almost
2: I get that but I mean he's at least showed you that he can win yeah big,
4: yeah but. he's great but I, I just think Dallas has momentum going into the series I, they were a dark horse to go to the finals they had won 13 out of their last 20 games they were coming for that third spot in the in uh, ahead of golden state going into the playoffs i have dallas in six or seven games although i can see why everyone's going to pick the worst no, they did the same thing with the suns vegas yeah. was like the suns are going to win in four or five six and look what happened
2: well and also Ve- vegas unfortunately does get you know that pummeled with like all these people yeah. betting I and mean, being oh, like yeah. outlets, let's let's you know, buy in on on the favorite. So if they're, you know, they're they gonna. A lot of people are gonna be like, let me buy in on, yeah. on Golden State. I'll give you
4: this though. The Warriors have experience over them, so that that could they that could push them over the edge. But I'm taking Dallas in six or seven. I'm with Brandon. I think Dallas
3: is a bad matchup for Golden State. I don't know who on Golden State is going to guard Luka Doncic, and the two guys that they might put on him, Otto Porter Jr. and Andre Iguodala, are both injured right now. And then you look at the fact that you're going to probably have to send double teams at Luka the whole series. Whereas when the game gets down to the wire in the fourth quarter, like you mentioned, Brandon, it's going to become about isolation basketball and who can get a basket. And I don't trust Steph Curry in that kind of environment or Klay Thompson for that matter. Probably going to be Jordan Poole's responsibility to bring games yeah, home. Yeah,
4: and I trust Jordan Poole, but like, look at Steph Curry's advanced shooting metrics this year—worst of his career. Yeah, they're learning how to guard him. Clay Thompson's been up and down. You're going to have to rely on Jordan Poole to make those shots.
3: And people talk about the Celtics' defense. I don't know if you guys saw the clip about the Dallas uh, Jason Kidd on the sideline. That Dallas defense is very good. I agree with you. Dallas and six top,
1: top ten r- defenses here. How great would it have been if Jason Kidd was the head coach of the Lakers? <laughs> they had the opportunity. Cheer, cheer, cheer Dudley on his step. <laughs>
4: Ty Lue. Monty Williams. Jason Kidd. They had the pick of the litter and they didn't convert. <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, I really hope that
2: like. Curry comes out and just busts on all of you guys. Like, <laughs> I just hope that he proves all of you wrong and just
4: like it's the old school versus the new school. Yeah. I like this. Maybe he gets a Finals MVP. I don't know. I love that for him. That'd be great. Prove okay. me wrong.
2: Well, last um, but not least, we always obviously have to always go to the Lakers on yeah, this show because it's the Arash Markazi show. We talk about the Lakers every single day the Lakers um, would have been in the running for a top pick guys had it not been traded to the Pelicans in the Anthony Davis trade Could the fear of missing out on top selections drive this offseason's decision especially with the Russell Westbrook trade and Rob Polinka was pretty adamant about keeping the 2027 first round pick
1: I think so I am going to uh, pass to Brandon we have about 60 seconds uh, yeah. listen, we, he has a great column up so Brandon hit
4: this yeah my uh, mock GM part 2 Lakers series about the Russell Westbrook trade in part two. I go into it And uh, it really explains all the salary cap issues, trade options. I personally would do the Indiana trade and give up, say, F them picks and give up those two (laughs) picks because right now you're in this situation. But there's been continued traction towards Rob Palenka keeping Westbrook and for whatever reason is enamored by keeping the 2027, 2029 picks. I just don't I don't love that. I think it it needs to happen. You need to get him off the team if you want any shot at competing next year. Yeah, you never
2: know. He might have a crystal ball.
1: Hope so. Yeah. All right. Let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we will be joined by our good friend, the sports god Dave Smith, when we return on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network.
0: We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier
1: 1090 ESPN Radio. Still Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Year 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as, a rem- just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or want to take us to a future Galaxy Game Caller Hotline, 310-400-0340. Okay, let's go to the uh, Circa Sports Guest Hotline, Circa Million Circa Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Our back visit CircaSports.com. Com for details. And here he is. My old boss, my good friend, Dave Smith. Dave the sports god, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good, Ross. How are you doing? Good to be back on with you again. Good to have you, uh, Dave. So much to get into today. And I do have to start with the Lakers because a lot of our conversations over the past yep. couple of years have been surrounding this team. Russell Westbrook, Dave, you were the first one that, that I talked to that 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 said this will be a colossal failure. And I don't think anyone could have foreseen it being this terrible of a failure. I mean, from day one, it was terrible. And now there are reports, Dave. Phil Jackson is in the ear of Genie Bus. Phil Jackson Rebel. has a lot of say so. And he is of the mindset, Dave, amazingly. Let's run it back. Let's see what this looks like if Russell Westbrook is back with this team. Dave, what the heck is going on here? Well,
5: why is it nobody listens to my great advice, Arash Marcassi? <laughs> you know, uh, I, 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 I begged them to take Jason Tatum over Alonzo Ball when Magic was running the, uh, when he was president of basketball operations. They didn't listen, and, uh, and, and now, and they, they got to do something with Westbrook. He's got to be the guy who has to go. But, you know, I've known Jeannie a long time. She used to come in and, and do an hour with me every week, Arash, and, uh, on the radio. I, I love Jeannie as a person, but there's too many cooks in the kitchen here. I mean, she, she likes to have a collaborative discussion on how to fix this franchise. Uh, that doesn't work. She's got to take charge. Remember when Dr. Buss was in charge of Rush, Yeah, he made the financial decisions. Jerry Bus made the basketball decisions. Pat Riley coached the team. That's the way it needs to be. She, she needs to lose and block Phil Jackson's phone number, <laughs> Magic Johnson's phone number, uh, the Rambus family phone number. Uh, yeah, Phil, Phil is a horrible, front office executive. And look at the decisions he made hiring coaches in New York. Nasdaq's awful running a front office. Those are the last two people in the world you'd want to take advice from with front office decisions. And the Rabbit family, are you kidding me? It Jeannie needs to step up. I'm running the franchise and making the best and making the financial decisions. Rob Polinka is my president of the basketball operations. He makes basketball decisions and the new coach will
1: coach the players. That's it. Streamline it. Give everybody responsibilities. And forget where the advisors come lose their numbers, <laughs> Jeannie. Uh, Dave, your your thoughts on the uh, playoffs so far. I mean the performance from Chris Paul in game seven again. You're, you're, you have a home game, a decisive Game 7, and, and I covered Chris with the Clippers, and I don't know why this is, Dave. He will save the worst moments of his entire yeah. career for the biggest moments of his career. Your thoughts on just the Suns flaming out like that, like they had the fan, a fantastic season, the number one seed in the league, and for them to not only to lose, Dave, but to be down by 40-plus points in the fourth quarter— yeah. They're down by forty-six in the fourth quarter. They're down by thirty in the
5: first half. They only scored twenty-seven points. And yeah, you're right about CP3, Ross. I mean, you covered the Clippers, and uh, we both interviewed him five times now. He's lost series where his teams had a two-to-nothing series lead. No NBA player in history has more than three times that's happened to them. So, yeah, this is a disturbing pattern of behavior for CP3 not coming through, especially at the end of series, and especially in big games. Uh, and I, and I got to give credit to Jason Kidd here. I've never really been a, a fan of him as a head coach of Ross, yeah. but you watch that New Orleans Pelican series. Uh, Willie Green did a horrible job of defending CP3. They ran high pick and roll every time. He turned the corner, then they wound up with uh, Valensunas guarding him, a seven-footer, and Chris, you know, would dribble and dance and shoot that elbow jump shot, and, and he made one after another after another. Boy, Dallas blitzed him, doubled him, forced him to give up the ball, wore him out, wore out those 37-year-old legs, Arasha. That's the way you got to play him. Force him to give up the ball, blitz him, make him play defense, tire him out. And well, that's been a pattern of behavior, unfortunately, for him throughout his career.
1: Uh, Dave, as a Lakers fan, I obviously don't want to see the Boston Celtics win a championship. No. They've, they've played extremely well. They win Game 7, a blowout. Um, they are... N- not not the favorites, and according to Vegas. The Golden State Warriors are the slight favorites, but the Boston Celtics are right there, Dave. Your thoughts on the Celtics? Can the Celtics, and we don't want to see it, we don't even want to speak it to existence, can they possibly <laughs> win the whole thing? unfortunately yes and that's uh, you know speaking as a lifelong Lakers
5: fan as you are Harash Markazi uh, I think M.A. Adoka has done a fantastic job as a first year coach there boy they you talk about defense uh, defense uh, now Marcus Smart has the injured foot that could be a problem here against Miami but uh, boy they've, they've got length they've got good athletes they can defend the perimeter they switch those screens uh, I love the way they play defense and did you see Brad Stevens quote last week uh, Harash it was funny but, and he said uh, I should win executive of the year in the the NBA this year, and a reporter asked him why, and he said, for firing myself as the head coach. I should be executive of the year.
3: Hey, Dave, thank you again for joining us. Armand here. There was a report, we don't know how much of this was true, about Phil Jackson potentially wanting to trade LeBron. What kind yeah. of, Yeah. Where, where, where does your head go when you hear that rumor? Uh even though LeBron was 37, he had an MVP-caliber season this year. It wasn't
5: his fault. But now, you, you can it was his fault the way the roster was constructed because he yeah. forced the Westbrook trade on the Lakers. But as far as play on the court, uh, he was great, what, 38-8? and eight, And he averaged over 50% shooting from the floor. And uh, that's another thing Jeannie needs to do. She needs to tell LeBron and Clutch that, from this point forward they have absolutely no say in any personnel decisions. Just get out there and play basketball. But, no, I, I think he's the last guy you would want to trade. Number one, he's still a great player. You know, if you get AD healthy next year, and you can somehow move uh, Westbrook, and maybe make some some roster moves with Rob Polenka, you know, who knows? Um, this is LeBron we're talking about. It, I wouldn't count him out on winning another championship, maybe in the future. But uh, yeah, and what do you get for him? As great as he is, though, yeah. at 38 years old, he's going to want to go to a contender. He's going he's going to have a very very short list of teams that he would want to go to. If you're a contending team, are you going to give up? A, like, if you're Cleveland, you're going to trade Darius Garland and Evan Mobley and, and lottery picks for the run? Hell no. I mean, what what can you get for them realistically at this point that's equal
4: value? 100%, Dave. This is Brandon here. Um, I wanted to ask you about the coaching search for the Lakers because... Uh, You know, they interviewed a couple of assistants, the Toronto Raptors assistant, the Milwaukee Bucks assistant, and a couple high-level coaches. At this point in time, what direction, based on the rumblings you've heard and who's in the position of power in the organization, like you mentioned, Jeannie, Kurt, Linda, um, you know, Magic, Phil, advising, which decision do you think they will make at this point in time in their coaching search?
5: Well, that's a good
4: question. Uh, yeah, I, I would, if you listen to Phil
5: and if you listen to, to Rambus and Magic, you're going to make the bad decision with, with the next <laughs> yeah. head coach. And I will say right now, thank God Doc Rivers is going to be back with the 76ers <laughs> because I think the Lakers. I think the Lakers were going to hire this guy, which would have been a disaster. Uh, that's a do You go young assistant like a Darvin Ham, maybe a Sam Cassell, uh, yeah. uh, or i tell you my number one choice. I don't know if he's available. I think Nick Nurse is one of the best coaches in the uh, NBA. For, he did yeah, a fantastic yeah, yeah. job. He, he's, if there's any interest at all, I'm pressing and I'm uh, I'm giving him an open check to come coach the Lakers. That's my number one choice.
1: Dave, your thoughts on Major League Baseball. For the first time, the two New York teams first place in their division, and the, and the two teams from Los Angeles who are in the Los Angeles market first place. Is this good for the game and your thoughts on that? Well yeah I think it is you know with baseball you know Arash, uh, the, the interest in baseball especially with with
5: people under 30 under yes. 40 years old has just been uh, uh, circling the drain for a long time now so I think getting those big markets it's a good thing that LA and New York are are both really good right now the Angels the Dodgers the Mets and the Yankees I think it's good for baseball but you know they they've done a horrible job at marketing the game rod Manfred in baseball of marketing the game to the younger generation of making it more interesting of making it more watchable so I think that more than anything else is what baseball needs to do. How do we get the under 30 and under 40 crowd? Because, you know, Alash, every single demographic poll I've seen, when you ask people, what is your favorite sport? The only good demographic that says baseball is their favorite sport is white men over 50. See, that's <laughs> their problem. That's baseball's problem. They've got to find a way to get youngsters watching baseball again
1: okay so let me bring this up when you talk about younger fans so there's a lot of new young fans in the fight game Dave but they know Jake Paul they know the Paul yep. brothers they don't know about the best pound for pound fighters do you think that that's a good thing that at the very least they are watching boxing they are familiar uh, they, they, they know the sport now, now the hope I'm assuming is once they watch a Paul brothers fight they'll stick around for like the real true champions your thoughts on that
5: you know what, Arash, you know, we've talked about this before. I don't, there's a lot of old-school, hardcore boxing guys who hate this. The Paul Brothers and the trailer stuff and the, and the celebrities and the exhibitions and bringing the old-timers back. But I remember when Jake Paul, uh, um, it was either Jake or Logan, about three or four years ago, fought another YouTube guy from England at the forum. And there was, what, 15,000 people there? And I'd never heard of either one of these guys. So I'm of the opinion here, anything that puts eyeballs on the sport and creates new fans is a good thing. So you yeah. know what? If it's the Paul brothers, um, if it's YouTube guys, if people are watching, maybe, maybe they watch that and say, hey, I love this. This is great stuff. And they become fight fans, Arash, because boxing's kind of fallen off the cliff compared to where it used to be in the 80s and 90s as well. So we need new young fans. And, uh, you know, and uh, and I think I'm one of the few people who's a fan of Jake Paul here. Yeah. Arash, and guys, yeah. uh, uh, he pays his undercard fighters double what anybody else pays him look he made amanda serrano a millionaire he's been great for women's boxing at raising their purses here and uh, so you know and uh, i think he's generous with his money he pays his undercard guys now was he ever going to be a world champion no but
3: uh, i i like what he's doing bringing interest into the sport yeah dave really quick back to baseball with this angel start how realistic is it that we see this team actually make noise in the postseason well,
5: the first thing you have to remember is the curse of the sports god. I put on them <laughs> in 2009, and it's been a disaster ever since. Now, the only way that curse gets removed is if they win the World Series. So, so we'll see. But they, they look good so far. You know, uh, Rendon still looks like a bust. But when you have Trout and I – mean, what, what can you say about Otani? Uh, the bad Ruth yeah. of this generation, pitching and hitting. And uh, and they get some good young talent out there. And finally, it looks like they've addressed that starting pitching, which has been a horrible problem over the last few years. Uh, Yeah, I I definitely think they're going to be in the playoffs this year, either as a wild card or a division winner.
4: And Dave, I also had a question about the Dodgers. I know the Angels have looked like the better team so far this year, especially after the Dodgers um, losing three out of four to Philadelphia. Should have been a sweep, by the way. Bryce Harper just stole their soul that series. Pitching's been an issue for the Dodgers, especially with Kershaw going on the I.L., do you see the depth stepping up? Is this Dodgers team going to win hundred games, or is it going to be a San Francisco or San Diego division winner, and the Dodgers might have to go back to the wild card? As of right now, obviously yeah, it's, it's gonna, a long season.
5: It's going to be a three team race. I think obviously the Dodgers have the best team, but you know San Francisco was great last year. And uh, uh, here's a question I got to ask you guys: uh, Does Trevor Bauer? Uh, he got a two year suspension from Major League Baseball, even though no charges were filed. And uh, the restraining order was overturned and they said there was no evidence to prosecute and he's appealing this now. You think that's going to get bumped down and maybe we'll see him pitching this year for the Dodgers because they could certainly use a good to, another good starting pitcher.
1: That's a great question. And, and here's what I want to know is what does Major League Baseball know? Because they put down the suspension, but we don't yep. know exactly what they found out now. So Trevor Bauer he's either stupid or doesn't think that they have anything. Well, and so, you know, I mean, I, at the very least, he's putting Major League Baseball. Um, they they now have to come forward and say, this is why we've suspended you for two
4: years. Yeah, I was going to just add you on... Brought up a yeah, go go you ahead, brought Dave. A go point.
1: You brought up a
5: great point there, Ross. Sorry to interrupt. You brought up a great point. Uh, if, there was a six-month investigation by the L.A. District Attorney's Office. Yeah. No evidence, no charges. We've got nothing to prosecute here. Charges dropped. Uh, uh, but the girl tried to put a restraining order on him. The judge said, "What are you kidding?" I mean, I read the text you two sent back and forth. She wouldn't even give her a restraining order. But Major League Baseball suspension for two years. We need to know, what do they know that the LA District Attorney's Office did not uh, uncover here? They've got to be transparent. What is it, and if they don't know anything, if they're just doing this kind of willy-nilly because of the charges, boy, Trevor Bauer's got a great lawsuit here.
4: Yeah, Yeah, and I I don't think it's about what major league baseball found in regards to the to the local investigation I think it's more about Trevor Bauer being outspoken as an athlete exposing yeah. Yeah. the lies especially with the spider tack a couple of years back and him being adamant that he was innocent and not taking a deal Aroldis Chapman a couple years back yeah. uh, was you know ding for domestic violence at least once probably maybe even twice over the past couple seasons but he had a 60 game suspension that's because he took the deal with MLB he wasn't cooperative yep. Bauer was not cooperative I think this is just rob manfred continuing to 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 blackball or blue ball or whatever you want to say to trevor bauer yeah. and not allow him to have a voice in the league there is a certain kind of corruption that i think will still be coming out in the next couple of years with baseball and bauer was kind of the first person especially as an athlete very smart um engineer uh type brain uh to expose those lies and mm-hmm. i think they're just kind of Unfairly putting this on him um, with the suspension, I do think it yep. gets appealed and it gets it gets put down. The question then remains: Will the Dodgers media team and marketing well, want to yeah. want to put this guy back? You know, in the city exactly. of Hollywood and woke culture and cancel culture and all of that.
5: Yeah, that's well, you, you yeah. Just, you just brought up the woke and get. That's a great point. And, all right, guys, let, let let's. <laughs> Let's be straight suitors here and let's be honest because, you know, you know, Ross, that's what you and I do. Exactly. Uh, This is a woke, politically correct commissioner, Rob Manfred, and the owners who, in my opinion, unjustly moved the All Star game out of Atlanta. All that did was cost uh, local businesses and mostly black businesses probably $200 million in revenue over the All Star game. Uh, Even Stacey Abrams came out and said that was a mistake. So it does not help him in any way at all that he's openly MAGA, and he's an open, outspoken Donald Trump supporter. I don't think that helped him when it came to the suspension here, Rash.
1: Yeah, and, and so the bigger question is, where is the team? So let's just play this out. Let's just say he appeals it, the suspension gets reduced, he's in a position where he can come back. Where are the Dodgers? Do they need him? Because I don't think if, the, if yes. they don't need him, well, <laughs> yes, right? Uh, you know, because it, it's sort of kind of like... Um, you know, again. You hate to bring this comparison, but a little bit like the Colin Kaepernick situation, where yeah. will will this be worth? Because you know, if you bring him back, it, there's going to be the attention, the media pushback, you're going to have to deal with a lot of stuff. Do you think that that's worth it? And then that at that point, the uh, the uh, team has to come to a conclusion of, yes, it's worth it, no, it's not. With a team like the Dodgers, though, Dave, they have the ability, because of their farm system, because of how deep they are, yep. they can trade for a pitcher. Is he going to be as good as Trevor Bauer at the height of Bauer when he won the Cy Young? No. But it's going to be good enough, And because I don't think that this team Wants to deal with the Trevor Bauer, you know, all the media, all the headlines and all that stuff. And by the way, Dave, to your point, you know, if if this if if this was in Atlanta or somewhere else, maybe they could get away with it. And then in Los Angeles, I just don't think that there's a shot. But he'll never play for the Dodgers again, I don't think. But the problem is uh,
5: uh, if baseball doesn't have the goods on him, like smoking gum, like outrageous stuff here about his behavior. that that suspense is going to get overturned or bumped way down from the two years. So it'll be interesting to see exactly what they have on him. And how about the difference in the two sports guys? Sean Watson's got twenty-two amazing. sexual assault charges pending against him, and he gets a two hundred thirty-five million dollars guaranteed contract. Uh, Trevor Bauer has all charges dropped by the DA, and he gets a two-year suspension. It's,
1: it's amazing. It's incredible in terms of like how that trade went down, the contract that he got, and almost no one's talking about it. I mean, I mean, some people are bringing it up, but twenty-two. It's such a it's such a massive number. I mean, you know, <laughs> if you could have like one accuser, two, but twenty-two. I mean, it's it's uh, it's incredible. I would imagine Houston is a big, isn't that the fourth biggest city in the United States, Arash? Yeah,
5: I mean, one hundred percent. Lots of great massage therapists <laughs> in yeah, Houston exactly. that you can go to. You would think he's got to fly in Instagram models from all over the country
2: and set them up in five star hotels. These, these were booty calls. These weren't massages. Come on, we all know what this is.
1: <laughs> oh my God!
2: Bad uh, <laughs> part two is there's an app for that, by the way. Yeah. The, yeah. The sad part too is that. To I, I couldn't oh, hear it. yeah, oh, no, sorry. No, no, sorry, it's G, it's G hated. Um the sad part too is there's an app for that.
1: It's crazy, right? Like you the, the, can the, the, you can the, actually
2: the, download yeah. an app and be like, please come to my to my home, like not <laughs> even worrying about any of that stuff. Like there's an app for everything. Like you could have just easily made this so much easier and just had an app like somebody off an app come to your home. I'm not saying that he should, but
1: But you know, but normally these players have like one trainer, one Masseuse, one yeah. chef, one, Twenty-two. I mean, 22, I don't, I, that, that number
4: is he's so got a
5: staggering. And he's got a room at a five-star hotel in Houston where he sets them up when he flies them in for, now, I don't know, Ross, you and I do that all the time. We fly in <laughs> therapists from all over
1: the country, but an NFL quarterback, he's got more to lose here with that publicity, doesn't he? Oh, well, 100%. I mean, it, it, it just, <laughs> the number is so staggering, you know, when you talk about, like, uh, Twenty-two different people say this about him, and he gets traded in one of the biggest trades in league history and signs the yeah. richest contract. I mean, one hundred percent, Dave. It's a great point. You know where we are at with baseball and the National Football League. It's it's incredible. Hey, uh, yeah, Ross, I had one
5: more question yeah. for you. Did you watch the trailer? Did you watch the trailer show at the forum? Um, I missed uh, night? I uh, wanted
1: to go actually, but I missed it. I tell you what, Fernando Vargas is three, and I interviewed, I've known
5: Fernando since he was 19 years old, and to see the man that he's become, and the great father he is, and the love those three kids have for him, and the loyalty, all three of them fought on that show, and they all won, the the, the oldest and the youngest by knockout, I'm going to tell you here, Emiliano Vargas, the kid who just turned 18 and made his pro debut, we have a superstar coming up in boxing. This kid is the goods, Arash. I don't know. Go on YouTube and watch I his fight. You know, this. The hand speed and the punching power. Fernando Jr. is a good fighter. Amado is a really good fighter. They could both be world champions. Emiliano is a
1: superstar. I'm telling you, Arash. Man, I am I'm so that the first thing I'm going to do once we're done with the show today go oh. on YouTube and check that out. Uh, Dave, oh, man, you are amazing. the best. I'm so glad to have you back on the air. Hopefully you'll joining us uh, um, every Tuesday. So Dave, thank you so much. All right, thanks everybody. Appreciate it. Thank you. God bless, Arash. Thanks, Dave. Thank you're thank the you. best. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe. That's 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 healthy. Stay healthy. This
0: is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing see Worldwide
5: through the hard times.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.